for the Dad Bod Rap Pop with your hosts, Timon Carter, David Ma, and Nate LeBlanc. Three underground rap nerds walked into a bar. An argument ensued about who the goats are. The seed was a thought that would turn into a pod. Now fans worldwide say, not a bad job, the ad hoc cab squad Who chronicles the vanguard of hip-hop at large Rap taste slacked off, don't need to be mad, dog. Look no further, it's the dad bod Rap pod Podcasting live from San Jose, California It is the dad bod rap pod I am one of your hosts, Damone Carter, a.k.a. Div One And I'm your other host, Nate LeBlanc You know what? This is... If it this was a morning why. zoo radio show. Is that is that one of your aspirations in life was to be part of a zoo crew? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Every zoo crew needs a nerd to pick on. <laughs> that would that would be your uh your your role in it. Oh my god. So before the internet kids, um I think they still have these, but I feel like they were really popular before the internet and before streaming was a bunch of weirdos would come on in the morning and like prank call people and like yeah. Talk way too loud. Stunts. Stunts and pranks and like just very strange things which constitute a normal day on Twitter or TikTok now. (laughs) But that used to be the space for it. And uh, I just remember growing to hate those. I used to have a warehouse job that started at 6.30. And the warehouse bros would love to blast. uh, At the time it was KYLD and their very obnoxious uh, morning show host. So It was, uh, I forget which radio host did it but this kind of started to go out of fashion when one of them got a haircut on like the brooklyn bridge oh like six in the morning during commute rush time and just fucked all the whole commute up traffic up for like tons of like thousands and thousands of people and someone was like okay this this went too far like that's that's enough of this nonsense um so that's what we were to like howard stern and a bunch of other like you know were you a stern guy my dad still listens to Howard Stern and I used to work with him in the summers, especially. So I have heard a lot of Howard Stern in my life. And while a lot of what he says, especially back in the day was somewhat reprehensible, he's an amazing interviewer. Yeah. Yeah. There's any interviewer could learn a lot from Howard's approach. Listen to the more modern interviews when he has more self-awareness and he's not like asking just people like just gross questions all the time, but he's, he's actually a really insightful and excellent interviewer. And you would think some of that would happen for me as somebody who's interviewed 200 plus people. But it was funny, we're at Hyro Day and you'll hear that episode um, coming soon. soon. But we got to Hyro Day and I was like, what do I ask people? <laughs> well, remember, Nate, I turned to you and I'm like, what is even the question here? Yeah. So we talk about stuff? Yeah, like Hyro, huh? Um, so, it's funny, yeah. dude. Uh, I, I was texting with various in real life friends about this, and maybe we'll talk about it a little bit on that episode. Maybe not. Maybe this will suffice. But it's like very humbling to go out in person. Like we have yes. built up a little thing for ourselves here, our little corner of the internet, yep. our, you know, listeners, our community. You go yep. outside and no one gives a fuck. <laughs> yeah, for the most part. got on a couple times, and it's like, it's very humbling. I'll take it yeah yeah uh we got fronted on by somebody i'm like i don't know um but anywho uh you'll be hearing more about our hero day adventures on uh an upcoming episode of dbrp but this week we want to talk about war 
What is it good for? <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> Um, Nate, for those who don't um, who don't follow uh, baseball, can you break down kind of what the concept of WAR is? Yeah, so um, just to give a little bit of context, this uh, line of thought, which is not really developed, is something I proposed to our Patreon community a couple of weeks ago, and if you want to talk about weird theoretical music stuff with us join our patreon perfect time. dad bot no patreon.com slash dad bod rap um you'll probably hear that a few times throughout this but anyway we were just talking about um what is a replacement level rapper and actually it was what is a replacement level rap song so i oh, have wow. been making these themed mixes um for our patreon community the radio show is fake radio show is called fly sporadic and i did one with the theme of spliff Yep. one with the theme of joint and then one with the theme of blunt and the spliff mix is like a chill r&b loungy kind of uh to steal your thing from the questions podcast it's like the mix they would have on in the background of the janet jackson video <laughs> um like you know d'angelo yep. and you know just like mm -hmm. stuff like vibey kind of hip-hop and r&b right the joint one i went in a totally different direction i did like caustic 60s psychedelic mm. music and some like pop psych and some other stuff i'm interested in no one liked that one uh, and, then, <laughs> and then the blunt one i got to it and i was like oh this is too easy like every rap song is about blunts like oh, every rap song it's yeah. mentioned the titles like i did uh, almost as a joke like kicked it off with red man like how to roll a blunt right, right? it's like right. you know great song actually listening to the lyrics back i was like this isn't helpful at all like it's almost more about <laughs> buying the weed than it is about rolling it's just like at the end he just says roll it up but it's like that's not helpful dude you gotta tuck it you gotta you, know, you spit anyway so I came across some stuff from kind of other corners of my direct uh, collection. And one of them in particular was this band called Call of the Wild. And they mm -hmm. were on Select Records, which is okay. like a kind of lesser known record label from that time. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh, this is like an exact five of a song. Like it's, oh, in terms of, of replacement like, level. Yeah, it's just like, so I'll get to that in a second. But this is how we got here. So I thought of a thing to like apply the concept of wins above replacement player which is a base it started in baseball statistics bob james the you know father of sabermetrics and modern um analytical thinking about sports um and also nautilus no <laughs> different bob no, it's, james. it's bill james did i bill just james. say bob james yeah yeah okay okay bob <laughs> james is the guy on cti bill james is the guy with war so um, it basically says that uh, one way to measure player value is by taking some aggregate stats and putting them together and comparing them to what would be an average player. Right. So if you think about like, you know, yep. baseball references that make sense to me, it's like Walt Weiss from the 1989 uh, Oakland A's championship mm -hmm. baseball team was an average shortstop, right? Yep. He wasn't the best guy. He wasn't the worst guy. He was a good shortstop, but um someone else like i get think one of his contemporaries would be like cal ripkin would mm -hmm. be worth three wins against that replacement player like by playing cal ripkin rather than walt weiss you would be yes. uh, thought to win by statistical modeling three more games yep so anyway yep. it's like a now it's become kind of a grandfathered in as a stat that's used in common parlance especially baseball is a really statistical game watch moneyball or read moneyball i'm about to say moneyball like that's yeah. how you distill it down 
Um, and it, I think Moneyball is on Netflix right now, and it's always a good watch. Um, I love that movie. So anyway, I was just thinking about this in terms of rap and like who's a replacement level rapper, who, how many wins above replacement, replacement. level would X, Y, or Z be? And so we got into kind of a discussion about it on our Patreon, and I thought it was kind of interesting. And I was really thinking more about these, like, it's like, you're a 90s East Coast Timberland wearing group with a kind of premiere influenced beat and you're rhyming about weed. Like that's the average. You know what that I mean? It's the, not the, bad. No. By any means. It's right. a good song actually, but right. it's average. You know what I mean? No, I, I totally know what you mean. And I feel like in the 90s, uh, there was a lot of that. Um, I would say this, and I, I'm not sure if we're, we're officially kicking it off, but I would say that um in the beginning that was fat joe fat joe was was a replacement that, that, that opinion will find you some controversy my friend it really will it really will and i understand where that comes from but if we're just talking about the rapping again not personality not that he was a graph writer i'm not hit arguing. making not hit making but i will say this he he developed into a wins uh, uh you know 0.5 wins above replacement right. later he improved in his career in his career which is like yeah. in rapping that's very yeah. possible in baseball you kind of hit a certain point and then you plateau and then you start to decline and that's just kind of how it works yeah absolutely but i i saw this on the on the patreon and i still don't know how to comment uh, <laughs> well, without, like not I'm, as i like as yourself yeah then i'm like do i subscribe to my own Patreon? Yeah, you have to pay yourself five bucks a month just move kind it of i'm right like do i get like pocket? 137 to to nate and then another <laughs> today i i just and then i just don't do it but i just comment I, as the show and sign it you know what i mean yeah but i don't want to be like my mom in a text okay. hey guys i feel like uh wins above replacement dim i mean i've done it i've done it but uh but I think was, everyone should be talking to each other. That's the whole point of it. But I understand it's weird. Yeah, but uh, I thought that the conversation um, was really interesting. And it kind of got me going straight where you went. I went, okay, if we look at the locks, for instance. Right. Sheik Luch. Right. Average. Is he the replacement player in the he's locks? The re he's the replacement player above the locks uh, or in the locks. Uh, Styles P, 0.5. Uh, above and Jade is maybe one or 1. 1.5 but right. I, I I just you, you'd find people who'd slit your throat for that and say there's <laughs> six above and all of them are amazing <laughs> and it's really hard to talk about hip-hop and I, I also was actually just on a text thread with a friend talking about this like I don't like reducing art to numbers like that's not what we do do you even hip-hop bro <laughs> <laughs> like, do you even... it's, it's really hard to talk about it because it's so subjective like baseball the number of hits you get is not subjective all right, right? let me let me let me let me push back against that a little bit nate in the sense that rap is different in the sense that um erica badu or sade singing a song god help you who knows right like which is better it's clearly an artistic endeavor Rap is such a freaking craft that I think that's why we feel like that's why there's a top five MCs. Because what we're really saying is from a craftsmanship, craft personship uh, <laughs> perspective, um, who's the best? And that's, and that's what we mean. And so it is weird and reductive, but rap is uniquely suited to it because it's such a craft. Um, it's like art and craft kind of hold a similar space, which is not true in all musical spaces. So that's why I think the numbers and things like that 
matter. That's why we keep coming back to these type of things. Yeah. So it was just a fun thing that we did on our Patreon. I played a couple of what I thought were replacement level rap songs on the thing and gave a little spiel in the mix. And then, um, you know, we kind of moved on from it. But I think uh, it's you can get, you can start a lot of arguments with this. If you're around people who know baseball and rap, you could have a pretty serious discussion about it and start like you, what you basically have to do is kind of grade people on yeah. like the cool modi record insert which oh, was yeah, yeah, yeah. produced in um uh ego trips book of rapless where they had him grade modern mcs like you he was wilding too like, for flow it's a 10 for stamina yeah. it's a seven you I know what you. i mean if I you, you do that then you can start to grade out people on a more um it's it's some nerd shit it's just, oh, it's, it's just it's a fun kind nerdy. of bar argument internet chatter kind of thing but i did think the idea was kind of interesting to be applied to hip-hop and you have your clear like you know you got kendrick is shohei otani right he's like <laughs> both leading the country in sales and in rap craftsmanship we've right. never seen someone who hits and pitches on this level right. since x y or z you know they right. use babe ruth as the comparison for shohei otani i don't even know who you start to he would think about bust babe's ruth's ass like, <laughs> like get the fuck out of here well that's um, another thing uh, and, right. like something Eras. that we we talk about fairly often we look at the genre with the thought process that it's constantly getting better yeah and most yeah. people who are our age don't they think yeah. it peaked in the 90s or the 80s or whenever they were in high school right. or college, basically, and that everything else is bullshit. And so you right. can't really have a conversation with people like, how do you measure Cool Modi versus Billy Woods? Oh, that's interesting. That's that. Yeah, that's really interesting. No, I feel like um, you gotta find what, people who know who both of them are first. And that's number one. Rare, right. Yeah. Which is like me and you. And, Dave. <laughs> and that's why partly why we have to do this podcast, because very few people in our peer group um uh, hold that view that that there is an evolution to the game um shout out to my man drew baka though who rolled with us to a uh, hyro day educating me on who stunna man o2 was totally i don't know if uh, that that part is going to make it into the hyro day thing or not oh, but i was not. like literally like i don't know who this excitable teenager is yes he he is stunner man o2 and i'm like is that when he was born that's when speaking of eras and ages i was like ah, damn. so it's 22 now so let's see carry mm -hmm. the one mm -hmm. he, is, he is quite young yeah no he's seen, um, he, seen he, really he did a thing that i've never seen before and i doubt i will ever see again he came over to the main stage to hype up his show on the side stage and that That's... is a festival flex <laughs> yeah uh be on the lookout for that we'll be at the happiness of pursuit festival uh coming up in early october and we're gonna march over to other podcasts and be like come do our podcast hey man can we do a off. drop on your podcast <laughs> and then walk off hey yo listen to jab bob rap on you know what i'm saying yo uh dude really did that and it was great because uh someone was was really amused by it um and it, it, that whole good. that whole part was so funny because we didn't know what was going on and then when we found out what was going on it was more fascinating from like a metatextual level than we possibly could have imagined. <laughs> imagined yes um the rapper that i was so passionately trying to figure out who was on stage is a rapper named gunna not that rapper gunna but another rapper gunna from san francisco who was in the movie uh last okay. black night in san francisco i yeah. remember you wondering that yeah i was wondering a lot so anyway we foreshadowed our high road day episode coming up soon uh quite a bit and hopefully you guys will tap in uh for that episode uh, but you know, we got a, 
we got a, a, a hot episode for y'all today. Double header to keep the baseball thing going. Let's play two. Let's uh, do one two game interviews. of cricket, one game of baseball. Damn it, he beat me to it. <laughs> uh, we have Sonny Jim, uh, who sat down with Nate uh, and, and had a conversation. Uh, Sonny Jim from across the pond. Very interesting UK rapper in that he primarily works with American rappers. He's carved out a very interesting um, niche for himself, no? Trust me when I say we talk about it, and his answer will amaze you. Uh, I kind of thought that too, and he didn't necessarily agree. Um, We're just not perhaps recognizing all the names of Y'all not recognizing. What we're saying is we only recognize when you work (laughs) with rappers that we already know about from the United States. I am famously averse to people from other cultures rapping. It's like one of my worst qualities as a hip-hop pundit. I just have not vibed with a lot of rap from around the world. I actually Mm -hmm. think most of it's terrible, and like I have a lot of things I could point to to back that up, but ever since I first heard Sonny Jim um, a couple years ago, on a Vic Spencer project, Spencer for yeah. Hire, which we get yeah. into in some depth. And I explain why that's a special record to the show and all that stuff. And he was really cool about it. Um, I just thought he is kind of laid back, talk rappy, um, yeah. lifestyle based, like subject matter was super interesting. And um, he, he is so cool, man. Like th- this interview was great. And he was so, so cool to talk to. It's tough to schedule an interview with someone who lives so far away. The timing is just bizarre. Um, yeah, but we ended up yeah. making it work on my lunch break and his little, you know, evening. Uh, I was going to say time. tea time or <laughs> I think tea is on? more in the afternoon. Right? Okay. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, he was just, he was so cool. And um, I really appreciated him working around all the scheduling stuff that we had to do to, to make this happen. And um, his new record with the purist um, white girl wasted is out. Now there's a song with, um, uh mf doom and j electronica and really I think good you have, you, you're feeling that song right yeah i look when you're rapping with two of the best rappers to do the rapping talk about wins above replacement um you kind of setting yourself up there though that's that's a couple features that even fools who had access to it might not do because as a rapper you don't want to get washed like you don't want to get what I mean, I know that's a weird, reductive, toxic male thing, but this is how <laughs> this is how rappers think. You still you, don't though. Yeah, you still don't want to get washed. And uh he did not get washed on that track. You you might argue that he was top two on it. So I, I was really impressed. I, I've known about his work for a while, but I was really, really impressed. To me, that's like, you know, he had a That's about a, as impressive as you can get a, a five RBI, a yeah. yeah, two homer game uh, <laughs> to keep the to keep the baseball thing going. Uh he, he really he really kicked ass on that. So um definitely enjoy the track and and I need to dig into the is the album out? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a short album. I think it's uh seven songs or something like that. And okay. the purist, um, who's he's done some other work with, uh runs that uh record label dope, like D-A-U-P-E, mm. which Dope. does a lot of these limited vinyl run kind of OB strip multiple vinyl things that sell out in like five seconds kind of yep. stuff. So we talked about that a little bit. Um and yeah, it's it's just it's it's interesting. Um Sunny Jim and I have had a Twitter DM for years now. For years now. Like yeah. he sends his work. I say I like it. Like, you know, we should chat sometime. Oh yeah, totally. And then this all ended up coming together through a publicist and involving a couple different people. <laughs> and it was just so funny 
um, the way it all went down. But by the end, by the time it happened, I was just like really, really pleased with the way the interview went. And, you know, it's funny in the, the last two weeks, we've run two different um, solo interviews and not to be too inside baseball, hey. but um, <laughs> it's very interesting. Like the way we tend to conduct our group interviews, we have a style that we yeah. do and we're just kind yeah. of doing that when you, just talk to someone one-on-one. It's so much more of a conversation. It's not like waiting for your turn to ask your question. And I know, you know, sometimes it might feel that way when we're doing our things, but basically we get two questions each in our half hour interviews and I want to make sure I get to get my question in. So it's cool to spread your, you know, to like get get some elbow room to like have a little bit more room to like, I'm going to try this and see how it goes and do a little bit more of an exploratory conversational which thing. I, I i think you excel at man uh, uh, it's just we're gonna we're gonna go hard metaphor here starting pitcher you'll get on there and you'll eat up nine innings man nine innings of of uh no just run pure baseball. knuckleballs so you never know where it's gonna go yeah exactly you are the are the interviewee but um but yeah let's let's get into it this is nate going mano imano with sunny gem dead bod Rap on the Montclair, left the lodge, shot the deer, smoked the spliff with the Swiss chocolatier. Tap your pocket, flossing. Out in Florence with the Santro pay model and an ounce of orange. Tax dodging, smoking that Moroccan. In the trap, cropping. Bag a man cotching. Next week I'm out in France yachting. Two grand in my back pocket, cop this on the black market. Gourmet dish, I covered all bases. County court cases. I caught a case at the horse races. Tom Ford framing. Popping off the boat blazing, blood address for the occasion. Dad Bod Rap Pod. Every week we interview guests that are moving and shaping hip hop culture, and this is no different. Um, Through many miles, several oceans, and a Zoom connection, we are here with UK hip hop artist Sonny Jim. How you doing? I'm good, bro. I'm good. You? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. Um, We're in a heat wave where I live. It's over 100 degrees outside, but I have air conditioning and internet, so I'm good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. We had a heat wave last week and I ain't got no air conditioning, so we weren't good. (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. I hear Um, you. We have a lot of uh, friends and followers from the UK and watching you guys go through that when you're used to living in such a mild climate is... uh, yeah, People just crazy. trying to post their way through it. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. It was, it was difficult. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hear you. So um, let's talk about you and your career. I would love to start with um, a little bit of your personal history. Where are you from? Um, so I grew up in a place called Birmingham, which is like um, the Midlands, as they call it, uh, okay. in England. Um, yeah, but I mean, I live is that in a hotbed of hip hop activity. Um, I mean, there's, 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 it's good, but you know, um, really London, London is the hub for, um, for all, all music and entertainment in, in England. So yeah, I live in London now. I moved here about seven years ago. So yeah, I'm just over here, you know. Right on. Um, who would you say were your main influences as you began to get into hip hop rapping? I don't know if you I, I know that you produce, I don't know if you wrote graph or anything, but can you just kind of talk about how you got involved in the culture? Um, so my main influences, you know, were, were, were most the influences that, you know, people say is their, you know, favorite rappers, Nas, Jay, Big, Big L, Pun, you know, all those sort of people. Yeah. Um, how I actually 
how I actually got into it was um, my cousins used to go to, uh, we had some family in like America and Canada. So a couple of times, you know, when we were younger and that, they used to go over there to, um, and they used to bring back CDs with them. And they used to bring back shit like, you know, Master Ace and Ghetto Boys. And like, as soon as I heard that shit, I was like, dad, this is, this is for me. Yeah. So, so all the other music, whatever I was listening to was like, no, and I knew that, you know, this, this is my music. Um, and then as far as like, um, actually getting involved in the culture and actually started uh, rhyming, like, you know, we was always like, when we was kids, just, you know, freestyling, you know, you just smoking, being a part, just, you know, kicking it, whatever. But um, there's a rapper out here. I don't know if you heard of him. He's a guy called Skinny Man. Okay, I have um, Yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, he's, he's a legend. He's been around for, for, for a long time. But I remember he was on a, a project with um, with uh, Mark B and Blade, who are also like, you know, RIP Mark B. But they, they you know, they're, they're like the pioneers of, you know, UK hip hop. They, they were putting out records, um, you know, back in the night, back in the early 90s. And as far as like England goes, you know, there wasn't many hip hop people like really doing it and really pressing vinyl. But I remember uh, I, Skinny Man had a verse on one of their albums. And I remember rapping the verse back to myself, word for word. And I was like, shit, I can rap th this verse pretty good. All I need to do is just change the lyrics. And I got my own verse. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, that was my first first step into into um into rhyming properly that's amazing um it, it appears from the outside and please correct me if i'm wrong i don't want to put words in your mouth it's just kind of a non-question question i'm i'm getting to which is that it appears that you tend to work more with u.s artists that you you just listed you know 10 influences eight were u.s maybe two were yeah, uk yeah, yeah, yeah. and you still you know you're working with primo you're working with vic spencer you're working with um cats from what we consider kind of like the underground um, over here, ha has that always been your main affinity? Is Are there portions of your career that are more UK focused for that market that I'm not aware of? Like, can you help me understand? I think um, earlier on in my career was probably more UK based just because I didn't know these other guys and I didn't mm -hmm. have the connects. But um, it's definitely not a, a conscious decision to work with UK or US, whatever. I just work with whoever I, I like. I think, you know, I you know, make good music with. Um, and I think, I think because just because, you know, the, the U.S. is so big, there's so many more artists and so many more producers, Yeah, you know, I still work with a lot of U.K. guys, but um, it's just there's a bigger talent pool out there, you know, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. got we got some dope guys here who are just as good as, you know, uh, so it's definitely not a skills thing or it's definitely not me trying to go, oh, you know, I want to work with these guys and not with these guys. It just happens to be that there's there's loads of you out there, so you know, it's um, it's yeah, it's a, it's just a bigger pool to pick from. Cool, M makes a ton of sense. Thank you for that. Um, I I'd like to kind of get into some of your albums in a minute, but first I wanted to um, just kind of talk about the way you rap. Um, yeah. you have again, correct me if I'm wrong or if you don't think of it this way, but you, for me, you have a very deliberate flow, a kind of a talk rapping, very enunciated. Um, there's room for each word, not a ton of um, yeah. you know, chop as we call it, yeah, where yeah. you're mincing yeah, yeah. words and, and getting real rhythmic with it. Has that always been your style? Where do you think that comes from? Do you agree that that's primarily what you're doing? Like, can I we mean, just talk about your um, style? 
So most my, my styles changed quite a bit over the years. Okay. Uh, if you go back and look at the, uh, the 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 older stuff. So when I was younger, I didn't really know. I didn't really know. So I, I've never studied music, you know, um, as far as you know, professionally or whatever. Yeah. So I didn't really know that my voice was an instrument. I was just out here rapping. And, you know, when we were young, we were just battling and just like, not because we wanted to battle, but just because like that was, that was, especially being from UK, I don't know what it's like over there, you know, back in the day, but we were battling so we could make more connects and more links and go and put out records. Cause you know, that's, that was kind of the, the avenue, you know, when the, there wasn't no internet back in the day. So we were just, we were just outside rapping. So I think that, that paid, um, you know, uh, a lot of uh, influence to my style, just, you know, just I, I, when I was younger, I just wanted to kill every MC. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, like, I never really thought that, you know, my, my voice is uh, an instrument and it's, you know, to complement the song. So I think once I started, you know, getting a handle on that, um, it changed a little. And also, rapping itself changed a little. Sure. You know, um, and and I you know I I'm I'm a I'm big on you know just the words and the sound of words and just like playing with the words in a certain way and just yeah you know um there's shit like you know you you if you do it right you can rhyme you can not rhyme but if you're in the right pocket it just sounds like you're you know what I mean yeah so very like, much so yeah so just you know I, I, as I as I got older and just learned more um I just like this this style do you know what I mean. A lot yeah. of my old fans want me to go back to, to, to the old shit. You know, <laughs> I, I, I just I, when, when I, now when I make songs like I need to feel like ah oh, I like this song. I'm a bump yeah. it ten times right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Other than but yeah, I think that's 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 how it evolved. Right on. Uh, we have interviewed a couple hundred rappers and producers on the show, and it's a yeah. it's a real theme to uh, that as you advance in your career, you will inevitably leave some of your earliest fans behind and they'll always be yeah. nostalgic for the music because of the way it made them feel at a certain time in their lives. And yeah. there's nothing the artist can do about that. Like you have to keep advancing and pushing your yeah. art. And if, if you have to leave some people behind, you have to leave some people behind, right? Yeah, it, it, it is what it is, you know. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, not, not in a selfish way, but I think I make music for me first. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think the best I, art is made for the artist first, and then you put it out in the marketplace and let it do what it does. But if you don't yeah, like I it, why I, are we here? Yeah, I, I feel lucky that people are receptive to it, and it's like you know, um, but it's always it's always for me first. That makes a ton of sense. I don't, I don't uh, want to say that in like a big-headed, selfish way. No, 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 not at all. I'm thinking, oh, this is just me. I don't care what the fans think. Obviously, I do, but yeah, you know, um, yeah, like you say, that's how you get the best shit, man. For sure. Um, so if you don't mind, I'd like to start with mud in my Malbec. Um, I have just always loved that term. Um, I just thought it was so clever and such a way to do something that I think you're really good at, which is like signifying a type of lifestyle without um, relying on like outdated terms like bling, for instance. You know what I mean? Like there's more yeah. to luxury, there's more to living well than some of these cliched terms. And when I saw that, term and the photography and listen to some of your music I was like oh wow this is really really clever and it's um it's bringing you into this kind of atmospheric cinematic universe where in within the terms of the record 
you are the protagonist and you are living this kind of high profile luxury life without like getting kind of call it or Rick Ross about it, right? It's a different yeah, yeah, set of signifiers. Yeah, yeah. Does that does it make sense? Ah, uh, bro, it, 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 you know what? No, you hit the nail on the head. It makes perfect sense because you know I, I want to, you know, I, I do that shit, so that's why I rap about that shit. But also, I try and like, um, you know, you know what it is. Um, if you're if you're doing shit like that, you're not doing it all day. So you gotta you gotta level things out, and you gotta like, you know, you know, we we do fly shit, but we yeah. also do normal shit like sit on the couch and watch Netflix with my dog and my girl, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yes. You know, we, we, we I, I'm trying to just show side, uh, you know, all, all different sides to it. But then, you know, I know some people listen to my music and they're like, oh, he's just on some baller luxury shit. And they, you know, so that, so, you know, maybe the, the message doesn't always come across with everyone, but yeah, know, I try and just like, um, try and have some humility to it. Absolutely. And um, and just so people know what we're talking about, if you guys are not uh, wine drinkers, uh, you're referring to kind of like a tasting note in a Malbec wine, like a, a terroir about it. And that that's just like, it, it's, it's something that is, I don't want to say new to hip hop, but it's not like your standard hip hop territory. Like, um, but if it's reflective of your lifestyle and where you are, in your career and the way you spend your time that just to me i i found the phrase very interesting and it made me interested in you i was like okay what are we doing let's go a level deeper but yeah. just generally can you uh talk us through that album like how did that how did that project come to be what do you think it says about you as an artist like let's, let's start there um so i was actually making a, a the, the guy who did most of the beats on there's a guy called ap um, I was actually making another album with him and the sound of it was very, very different. Okay. Um, it was more, a lot of live instruments, a lot of more like, I don't want to say, you know, more, some Drake type shit. Okay. And we was making that, making that, making that. And like, must've been like three, three, four years. It was like, yo, we got some good songs here, man. We got like these big hooks. We got some singers in. We got like string sections. It's just like wow. Um, and then, uh, and then I think I heard uh, "Reloaded," and I went, "No, nah, I like this shit, man." I, I, <laughs> and, and at the same time, it might might be Marsberg or "Reloaded." Yeah. Um, and. At the same time, you know, because it, it had just dropped, the producer, that, that same producer that I was working with, he started cooking up them sort of joints. Not for me, but just because he was just, you know. The sound of hip-hop changed. Yeah, yeah. And so he started sending me those joints. And I just uh, much preferred writing to those beats because I just, I like loops. I like, um, you know, shit that I can write. Just go. You know yeah, what I mean? It I'm leaves not, room not, for the MC. Yeah, yeah. And, you, you know, you don't need to think about it too much because essentially it's bars and it's beats. Yeah. You know. With and that's what we like, man. That's, I mean, that's, that's what this whole show is about. Yeah, you know what I mean? Um, so so I I kind of just, um, I, I got so much, so much um, enjoyment out of writing those songs that the other album just, never saw the light of day yeah gotcha. but, um for a while i was mad because i was like yo we, we spent a lot of money on this we got like 15 joints but now when i look back at it, it's like yo i had to write those songs to be able to write these songs you know what oh, i mean that's interesting you gotta do, you like you know to, to to get to 
where where I am personally, I had to do all the shit that I that I've done up until here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. To understand understand my pen. Sure, that makes sense. And it, it almost sounds, and this is just my first time hearing it, and obviously I wasn't there and haven't heard the other cuts, but it's like you tried a maximalist approach and then you pared all that down and you got to this kind of minimalist approach. And yeah. like perhaps that's the that that dichotomy will define your your next couple of yeah. steps. You're like, I know yeah, what I yeah, don't yeah. want. Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> and sure. It just <laughs> since you brought up the recording budget part of it, it's gotta be cheaper just to write to a loop too, right? Or oh, so uh, more, more budget cheaper. friendly. <laughs> so much cheaper. I mean, the only problem is like the sample clearance and all that shit, but yeah, you know, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it, it was really more so, you know, just the enjoyment of, of just being able to write to these loops and just like, you know, a little bit of dialogue here, a little bit of dialogue at the end, short songs, not having to work with a gang of people in the studio, you know, yeah, and, and I'm, I make, I make a lot of music. So it was just, it was just easier you know what I mean? And and, yeah. and I, I think when I was making the other album, I was trying something. When I started doing this, I got in my bag, I was in my pocket. So I was like, okay, cool, you know. Yeah. So that's, I think that's, that's where it came from, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. I appreciate you uh, breaking that down for us. I'd um, like to move forward to the Spencer for Hire record, which is actually the first thing I ever heard your voice on. Uh, oh, okay. When we were starting the podcast, we were doing it about old music. Like we're in our forties and we grew up listening to classic hip hop and that's what we knew. And that's what we thought we would be talking about. And when I heard Spencer for Hire, I was like, oh, we need to incorporate some of this new music. And Vic was actually one of the first people we ever had on. He didn't know us. He was just very gracious to join us and explain some of this stuff. And so um, yeah. that that album is really special to me and to the show and it like broke open this whole thing where now we oh, wow. okay. cover way more uh, so yeah you Vic, Quelle, everyone who's involved in that record just like it, it matters to me and so um, I, well, I have to say when I first heard your guys voices contrasted your flows contrasted I didn't know what to make of it it took a few listens for it to sink in okay. with me and understand what you were doing but um, is there just anything you can tell me about making that record or that series with Vic or um, kind of what it what it meant for you? So um, Vic was uh, so the Malbec joint that I put out um, the Malbec joint that I put out that was on Dope Records mm -hmm. and you know Vic was doing some shit with Big Ghost and I think their their project came out. <laughs> Uh, a little later, uh, maybe a year or so after after the Malbec joint, and uh, I can't even lie. I don't even know if I told Vic this when I seen the cover. I was like, "Yo, that cover's like my cover." These guys are biting my cover, yo. I, I was like, yo. <laughs> and then, and then someone, um, someone just put on Twitter. I, I can't, you know, just some somebody on Twitter uh, wrote, "Yo, I'd love to see Vic and Sonny do a song together." Mm. So I'd never heard Vic's style. Um, I went and listened. I was like, "Yo, this guy's dope, man!" And I can't remember if you know who hit who, but I was like, "You want to work?" He's like, "Yeah, cool, let's go." Okay. And and like we got we got four projects now. Yeah, and Vic's just real easy to work with. There's a lot of people that I have to work with that you know they're good at what they do and their music's real good, but you know they're not the easiest to work with. And uh, 
I'm not the most patient of people, so I, <laughs> I just I just like working with people who are normal and and easy, and you know, there's no like weird ego and no you know. So mm-hmm. Vic's Vic's a cool guy. He's yeah, yeah. And we're gonna cap. So we that was number four. I think we're gonna stop doing. We're gonna stop that series. Okay. But in the Spencer for Hire, there's a guy called Hawk. Uh huh. So we were just talking to House Shoes, and he was like, "Yo, you should do a spin-off series." Oh. Like, you know what? Good idea. That's dope, man. I actually read the a a lot of Spencer novels when I was younger, and have always been interested in that mythology. And I think you guys used a lot of stuff from the like early '80s TV show. Um, I don't know. I'd I'd never heard of it. Yeah. so house shoes, it was you know you, you know how about house shoes, yeah. Of course, yeah. 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 So house shoes, that's Vic's guy, and you know, I I know him quite well now as well. So he um he's the one who came with the title. He's the one who told Vic, yo, you should call it this. Okay. And so so Vic hit me up and he was like, yo, we're calling the shit Spencer for hire. And I'd never heard of the program. I see. So I'm thinking, uh <laughs> I didn't like know to flip. like to pay for a verse. What does that mean? Yeah. I, I, I didn't know the yeah. I, I didn't yeah yeah. I, well, no, it was because it was higher with like high. Oh, okay, okay. So, now we're, that, yeah. that was you know one of the yeah. So, but, but I just thought if you've oh, ever talked okay. to Vic, you know that would be relevant as well. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I mean that's part of the whole 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 shit. Um, and then when he showed me the program, I was like, yo, that's sick. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and the good thing about that is there's so much. Um, so many samples to just dive into they're just like you know so yeah it was it, it was it's nice when that sort of shit happens in it when you hear something you're like uh but then you hear the meaning or you're like nah i'll fuck with this you know what i mean yeah so so yeah it was um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so big up house awesome. for that yeah nice um i cannot recommend the new netflix spencer movie it's really dumb and does not have anything to do with the character from the books or the robert urich series you know what's funny i didn't like it at all <laughs> yeah but I made myself watch the whole thing just in case there was some good samples. That's smart. That's smart. You got to yeah. do your homework. <laughs> I will say the actor who played Hawk is dope. The dude, the dude from Black Panther, but it just has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Um. All right. So moving forward a little bit in your timeline, we are in 2020, a weird year. Um, you are working with Giallo Point. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And another phrase I love that I thought you returned to so brilliantly several times throughout the album no visible means of income. Can you tell me about that one? Uh, what the title or just the project? Just the project. Uh, what what do you what strikes you about it now that it's a little bit in your rearview mirror? Um, I mean, I, 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 do you know? Do you know what? It was just it, it was just another brick in the wall. Sure, sure, just, that's fine. Just another one. Um, yeah. and and is another cool guy. You know, what I mean, he's just normal. No ego, you know what I mean? He, only, he like he he he's from London, so he don't really okay. live too far from me either. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and he was working with a lot of the, you know, he's he's productive, like he's out here, he's busy. So you know, um, it was I I can't remember if he hit me or I, I hit him. No, what it was is I think him and his boy Fiber, uh, they got me to do a feature. And I think I'd done a couple songs with him and I was like, yeah, his beats are dope. This guy is easy to work with. And then we just decided to do an album. But the funny thing is, like, you know, I put volume two out. Yeah. We got volume three finished. Wow. So we're, just sitting, we're always sitting. behind, right? You guys are well ahead of the listener. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's 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 generally, you know, because even if you're going to do a proper promo campaign, you've got to be like four, five, six months. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, we got we, we got volume three finished, and I don't even know when I'm going to be able to put it out because I've got wow. so much. You know, but yeah, it's it's it's, it's definitely going to see the light of day. Um, good good problem to have, I suppose. Well, you know what? Like when I when I do one one record with someone who and and and, and you know the relationship's good and, and the record sells and everyone likes or whatever, I'm always down to do another one and another one and another one. I don't see any reason why not to. Yeah. The fans are fucking with it. The music's good. It's easy for me to do. Get the yeah. bag. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, it makes, makes sense, sense to me. me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe this is a good time for me to ask you. You're one of the artists that I associate with the model of you will drop it on streaming, but then you do limited vinyl runs, different colors, OB strips, etc., yeah. etc., et and maybe some merch around it. Like, is is that the art for you, or are you more focused on the music and you have other people around you who help you put together the? The physical aspect, the things that you can actually sell and kind of generate profit on. Do you get what I'm asking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I get what you're saying. Um, so it, it never set out to be like that. That wasn't the that 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 wasn't you know what we tried to do. But uh, you know, as an independent artist, there's only so many avenues for you know to 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 make money, and um, the vinyl route is just a great way to. To, to, to get that money back and just to keep going and like really I should be putting out my own vinyl right. and not even like using the label but like like I keep coming back to this like for me just just ease and easy I like a nice easy life mm-hmm. so we, we make the record give it to the label they just deal with it yeah okay it's nice and easy but yeah uh, I got a whole team around me that um that I've had for years you know and uh you know, there's lo- that we're in the studio a lot with loads of different people. So there's just loads of ideas always floating about, and just you know, I think a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the times now when we get in the studio, some of it won't even be uh, making music or recording. It's just sitting around having having conversation, right? And then learning stuff. Sometimes that's more more valuable than making a new song, making a new song. Do you know what I mean? It's right. Like, yeah, no, that's interesting to me. Um, sitting with the right people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, let's... Uh, I, I, We have to talk about Buck Wild. I'm obsessed with Buck Wild. Um, yeah, Buck Wild you, we, G, yeah we, we had a chance to interview him. I was blown away by how humble he was. I actually kind of like tried to give him a like uh, motivational speech <laughs> because I was just like, do you realize how important you are to hip hop? Like, I can't believe you're such a normal person. You should Bro, be flying he, around on private jets and living the highest life. Like you're an yeah. artist. Yeah. Buck, Buck like, especially, you know, with the era that he comes from, he's still about, he's still outside. He still knows who's who and what's going on. You know what I mean? So much more so than so many of his peers. Um, yeah, we had Mayhem Loren on last week. He's got work with May. And yeah. so I was, I did this to May as well. Like if you could just help me understand that, like being a fan of hip hop from the era you're from, what it's like to work with a legend like Buck Wild on your album, Coca Rock. So I, I didn't, how, how the, how the link up came with Buck Wild. My next door neighbor actually knew him. Like from real life? 
he was told my next door neighbor, he's from Staten Island. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but he was a fan of my music before I moved here into this where, where I live now. So when yeah. I moved here, um, I'd already met him before, before I moved in, but, um, he was like, yo, I, you know, I, I know, I, I know Buckwild quite well. You want to like do some records? I was like, Buckwild? <laughs> of course. You yeah. Know what I mean? You know, so, and, um, he gave me box, box number. I rang him there and then we got, we got on really well. He's a cool guy, man. He's a, yeah, he's 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 a real one. I like Buckwild, you know what I mean? It, it, yeah. it, was, it was easy. We start like we, we're five songs into volume two. Nice. We're five songs into volume two. Um, it's crazy, bro. He he hit me up the other day, and uh, there's this project I made. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's uh, it's a project that I produced with the Purist called Orange Is the New Black. Oh, I uh, haven't heard that one. I'm gonna write that yeah, down. It's a, uh, it's an artist called Robert. Uh, I mean, it's an acquired taste, but to me, I think it's like one of the best things I've ever done musically. Um, but fuck her, the production that I would I was doing on there, and he just hit me the other day and left me a voice note, and he was like, "Yo, I know you're waiting for new beats for Volume Two, but I'm gonna up the levels. I've been hearing what you're doing, and I need to send some shit like that." And I was like, "Raw, you know," because I like a buck was a legend to me, you know. Yeah, like, I mean, I just got the chills. I can't imagine how you felt. <laughs> Yo, I, I got the voice note, and he don't know yet. He don't know yet. I'm using that to start our album. You know, I've been saving all the voice notes. He don't know yet. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he does now. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, 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 it was crazy, bro. It was crazy. He, yeah, he, he, he's a good guy, man. He's I fuck with Buck Heavy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm planning to go, go to the states soon, actually. Oh, great. Um, and and yeah, we're definitely gonna link up and work. And that's awesome. Uh, for me, that's my favorite of your projects. Um, I, I'm already coming in with an affinity for his style, and here I, it's so interesting to hear how someone who made the classic hip hop that defined the sound of what I like basically, you know, if yeah. you consider OC times up to be like the kind of the pinnacle of what yeah. it means to yeah. do a minimal underground ish hip hop song, even though it came out of the label, we don't have to get into all that, but you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. Th then you hear, you know, we're 30 years later, um, what he's doing now and how he's continued to improve and keep his ear to the street. So I'm already really into the, that palette, obviously Coco rock is one of the, if, if you're doing it as a, a kind of beacon of the very early hip-hop, the Park Jam era hip-hop, that's something I'm interested yeah. in. I like yeah, your yeah. music. So it's like when that all came together, to me, that's just a very complete, very compelling project. And um, I would encourage everyone listening, if you haven't, uh, take a pause, uh, jump over to the the Sunny Jim page and listen to Coco Rock uh, with Buck Wild. Really, really strong record, man. Really, really into that Thank one. you, bro. I appreciate that, man. Uh, absolutely. Um, and now... What's your favorite joint off the... Oh, that's a good question. Let me let me let me pull it up real quick. Um... It's funny because like when I'm making these albums, they're all like they're all the same to me. So when people say, "Oh, this is my favorite," or "This song," I'm like, "Okay, it's interesting for me to know why." Yeah, um, that's a very good question. Um, it is. Yeah, I think uh, Cherry Red Beamer is the one that really okay. stands out as just being okay. like a perfect marriage of, um, you know, concept and um, flow. And then um, I'm a big Prime Apple guy as well. So yeah, um, yeah. Double Green is great. Yeah. Um, that that, got, that one, I, I thought was a good marriage of styles. You guys do not 
come from the yeah. same thing so to hear it come together yeah, is, is yeah rad. i got a few joints with prime we, yeah. we we've been working i don't i produced a few joints for him oh awesome um, he's a he's a great rapper his his wordplay is uh, to me his level of recognition is not commensurate with his wordplay and i don't know if it's because sometimes some of it is in spanish or because he keeps a low profile and just like just keeps putting I out think work it will be one day though because yeah. he, he never comes with no whack records ever everything totally. you know and so it's like you know when you just have a certain level of you know artistry in it the breakthrough yeah. absolutely you know. absolutely yeah he's, he, he's dope I've, i've done a record with um there's a rapper from england i don't know if you're familiar with him he's called lee scott i'm not yeah you should check him out you okay should, uh lee uh, lwe and his lee scott so uh, so basically um me and him are doing an album and we got crime on it crime was doing a show here in london a few months ago i went to see him at the show he rocked it whatever whatever and i spoke to him afterwards i was like yo i need you on this and he was like yo let's go to the studio right now so I'm, oh, I'm, flying, wow. I'm flying to paris tomorrow if you want to get it done, we go right now. I'm like, oh, cool, cool. So we jumped in the whip, and like, you know, we're just we're just talking whatever in the whip. Come back to the studio. By the time we get to the studio, you know, he's um. Little did I know, I you know, I didn't know where he got the verse from, whatever. But I'm hearing it, and it's like shit that we've just been saying in the car. He was incorporating the conversation. Yeah, that's dope, man. You know, I'm just like so, <clears throat> you know. You know, you can tell when the joint's fresh, do you know what I mean? And like, he wrote it on the way here. It's like, you know, it's impressive, isn't it? So he's kind of talking to you and writing the verse in his head at the same time. Yeah, but you know what, rapper, like, rapper, I'm not saying everyone's like me, but like, rappers are like, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll pick up certain words and they'll think, oh, this sounds good with this. And oh, sure. And a little conversation, you talk, so, <clears throat> and then, and then the other thing is you might have some other shit written down in your phone, some ideas. For sure. And yeah. that's how a lot of verses come together. I can't speak for everyone else, but you know, I know that I know you're uh, always grabbing from what's around you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whether it be shit that you've already got, in, in, you know, you or shit, it, it's a mix of everything in it. Right, totally. Uh, I, I, in the lead up to one of the interviews we did for the show, I said something, and it turned up in a verse later, and the guy confirmed it was because I, I said that. it, and he he kind of took the phrase, and I was like, "Wow, dude, yeah, that's a big honor!" Like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's coming back to like I was saying, oh, you know, conversation in the studio rather than just making music. Sure, yes. That's, Thank that's you for you kind of bringing getting, that back. That's super yeah, interesting. You, you end up getting those little, you know, and sometimes the, you know, they 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 can be way more valuable than just making music. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I I want to make sure I have a hard out at one or on my time, so I just want to make sure we spend the proper amount of time talking about white girl wasted which is your yeah, bro, new I've, record I've got, I've got plenty of time so don't feel rushed rushed on your part okay cool thanks man um so white girl wasted with the purist you mentioned the purist before is that someone you've uh, you've worked with pretty regularly yeah i mean that's that that he's a good friend of mine um so he uh you were asking about mud in my malbec <clears throat> i didn't actually mention when and this is why i mentioned the purist because that project was pretty much done, uh, and it didn't have the uh, the features that are on there. I think Westside Gun, Quelle Chris was already on there. I don't think we had Dash Teams, but um, the project was already done, <clears throat> and I just showed him the project when we started working. You know, we we, we just started working. Oh, oh, let's just make a few songs. We didn't really know where it was gonna go, but I showed him the project, and he was like, "Yo." Um, 
do this, this, and this, and then let's put it out on dope. I was mm. like, all right, cool. So that's so that's kind of like our first um <clears throat> first foray into uh, to, to, to making music. Um but yeah, coming back to what you were saying, what were you asking? Was it uh, let's also let's talk about the new record. Where's the concept come from? Like uh let's 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 kind of get into it. And I have a few questions about a few specific songs that I bet you can imagine uh a famous MC I want to ask you about. But um, yeah. you know, uh how did you guys come up with this approach for this record? Uh, a, a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of, yeah, we were getting super high in the studio. I'm going to just say it for what it is. Yeah. yeah. We were, yeah, we were, we were wilding. <laughs> we weren't just smoking weed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that. Um, yeah. No, we, 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 we were just having fun. We were just like, you know, we brought a lot of different people through to the studio, did loads of sessions, did just. Just wrote like there's only eight songs on the album, but I think we must have had a hundred. Whoa, made. for real? Yeah. Wow. Like That's... made and finished. Yeah. But you know, you'd be like, okay, this this, and then you lay the verse, and you're like, ah, oh, you know, and just chop and change, and you know, wow. try, different, try different verses over this, taking that, you know, we just we just tried out a lot of ideas in the okay. studio, um, and I think uh, Purist was quite. Uh, he felt quite strongly about just making the album real short. Okay. Being, no, 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 no filler, no fat, no, so okay. no chop, no chop. So, so yeah. Um, yeah, we, you know, we, we, we had a lot of ideas and we made a lot of songs to get those eight. Oh, that's fascinating. Um, so the lead single was Bars Simpson. It's you lyrically holding your own with two fucking amazing top tier rappers mf doom rest in peace the legend and jay electronica um who's you know one of the best out right now like how does that feel man feels real good bro you know what it feels real good but you know um i've been working 20 years to be to to be able to write those sort of verses so you know uh it feels really good but also like i I don't want to like you know rest on my laurels just be like you know and also the one thing about that is i was telling someone the other day um we didn't know that I was getting them to on it. We didn't yeah. know we were getting. So I, I I wrote the verse. That was the second song me and Purist ever made. Okay. You know, if we made a hundred joints, that was number two. Yeah. So. <clears throat> so it so, wasn't a thing of you hearing what they did and going back and trying no, to trying to no, top no, them or I, anything. It, it, you know, if I had to write my verses after either of them, <laughs> it would have been not only would have it would have, would have been difficult because. You know their verses are really good, real good, but yeah, you know you start you start thinking, oh well, maybe I should run like this because he, you know what I mean, and just like right, do you want to refer to something or and it depends yeah, on where you and, place and, it in the some, song some, as well. I think sometimes that can be a good thing, but if it's two rappers like that, you know, and someone of 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 you know my my where my my status is like you know I I I wouldn't want to get I know that I'd, I'd consciously be influenced, and I don't really want you know I just want to do what I do in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do feel like uh, the verse came out real nice. And I think, you know, when, so we did the verse and then Doom was the first one we sent it to. And I feel like, you know, because it was a good verse or whatever, like we only, we, we, we pay, we pay for a 16. He turned in like, you know, a, a much longer verse. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, from a rapper point of view, he would have listened to it and gone, 
ain't no way that some fucking known un, unknown guy from England, you know, you appreciate every as a as a, as a you know an artist, you appreciate everyone for what they do, but you also know like yo, there ain't no way he's gonna get one up on me, right? So I think that's why the Doom, but and also we were like yo, that beat suits Doom. That sound it sounds like some shit Doom would make. I agree. I mean? Yeah. So um, so yeah, like the stars aligned, and uh, I know as a rapper when you go when you go over that sixteen, it's because you're fucking with it. Otherwise, you just cap it at the sixteen. You ain't gonna give no, you know, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. So yes, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we were very blessed to get that. We bro, we we had that in 2018. Wow, that's crazy. 2018. Yeah, I've been sitting on it for that long. Must be nice to have it out now. Yeah, and man. People to yeah. able to hear it and give you feedback and just experience what you what you're going been, You for. know what? The feedback's been amazing. It's been yeah, it's been great. It's been lovely. But they're also like because it was so long, and I was doing all this other work, I kind of just forgot about it. Sure. I sure. knew it was there. Like you know. Yeah. It was like, oh, whenever it comes out, it comes out. You know. Yeah. Not even too stressing about it too much. It's the gift but... and the curse of being productive, right? It's like it's yeah. you, you did yeah. that already. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, it's been great, man. Yeah, awesome. Um, it's it's a really strong record. I have to admit, um, when it when it came to me as a press advance, I was like, ah, is this a little too hedonistic for this moment? Like, I think we had we have climate change and political fuckery, and Roe v. Wade yeah. has just been overturned, and I was like, I don't know if I'm like super into this party vibe right now. And yeah. I I let like some of that stuff, you know washed out of the news cycle and i revisited it this morning and i like that it's so thematic and if that's the theme you've chosen i'm rocking with it you know what i mean yeah bro you know it's, it's interesting you say that because we thought the same after you know uh you know what's been going on in the world but we made most of those songs like three four you know yes we, hearing that is super songs. interesting based on how i've had this weirdness about this record you know what i mean yeah it's yeah like, no, no. We, it's even, a different even world we the same even yeah. we, the same, like, we were like you know this is a this is you know but but then the thing is it that was that that that's like kind of my me me, me and purist vibe do you know what i mean yeah like we 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 we, we were just um I don't think that we'd ever make any like hella serious records or just right. like you know, um, it just it just it just what it was what it, you know, you gotta do what feels right, and we were just having fun, you know. Yeah, uh, it is a very uh, fun record. There's a lot of cool vocal samples. It's just like a real a real tone is set from the very beginning and carried through till yeah. the very end. And there there's some really really uh, good songs on there. The Mad Lib song is incredible. Um, the one the Quaalude song I'm forgetting the term right now is yeah, great. Seven one four. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Leo. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. um, okay, I I've got to draw to a close here, but um, and we touched on this a little bit earlier, but. Um, I guess I want to just say this little thing to the people listening. If you're not familiar with Sonny Jim's music, I think um, he's a very good rapper, a very good producer. He makes this extremely interesting body of work about kind of living well. And I, I just find that to be inspiring because it's not about the previous definitions of luxury or really about like brands and stuff. It's more about like experience and um, yeah, I don't know, we've talked about it a bit, but I just find what you do in that way extremely interesting. And I can't really point to an equivalent 
person in the culture where I'm like, I actually want that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a diamond chain guy. I'm not gonna, uh, you know, uh, I'm not gonna get a Bentley. Like, this is not how my life is going. I'm a normal person. And I feel like you're a normal person, but you have an appreciation for how to uh, keep your life uh, flowing in the right direction to be, to be uh, kind of like a, a obtainable luxury. Does that make sense? Bro, you know what? You've, you've hit the nail on the head with that. Because, yeah. Yeah, we ain't on no Rick Ross shit. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, I, I like some Rick Ross, like everybody else well, does. But that's just not right. how my life is going to be. I'm not going to own five wing stops. I might be able to drink some Malbec, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, no, I, I, I fuck with Ross all day. Yeah. But, um, but just from, like, who we are, you know, what we do, you know, we ain't on that. But, like, who? I don't understand someone who doesn't love uh and appreciate when i see people who don't appreciate the finer things i'm just like yo you're doing yourself a disservice because it ain't about the money yeah you know we like we're still hood i still go to that you know the spots where you shouldn't even be going just to go eat you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. it's not like we're just balling and like having fucking 10 course so yeah but you gotta appreciate the finer things in life to have a good life yeah, man. You get more out of life that way. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sonny Jim, thank you so much for joining us. It was really cool talking to you. We will keep an eye yeah, out um, for all of your many uh, future projects and just respect, man. Yeah, likewise, bro. Appreciate you, man. Yo, ah, godly, got here by proxy, banned from the Roxy, no cut, just a cut price from Bobby, my my lapel like a puppy, King Joffy, mask on, but I do not ski, you're barking up the wrong tree, talking to me like, I ain't put you on, you two-pack, I'm shocked, G, man, don't haunt you, All right, that was our conversation with Sunny Jim, uh, fighting through the morning of the loss of of uh queen i was gonna say queen latifah <laughs> now, now that would be an occasion for mourning no yeah for one for... of our most talented actresses singers yeah. uh mcs if she died i would be sad no um yeah. it's funny dude um because of our weird schedule i had to do the sunny gym interview by myself like we said earlier so I texted you when it was done and I was like, Oh, it went so good. He's so cool. And you're like, did you ask about the queen? Cause basically the queen died like while we were doing it. Yeah. I blame like a couple really. hours before. And yeah. I was like, no, I didn't even <laughs> think to mention that. Like I, I, it, I have just decided in my life, I do not care about British royalty, like at all. Like I just not even Adele. <laughs> um <laughs> Sam Smith. Um Adele the funky homo sapien? No, uh, uh nor 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 do I, although the dunk fest uh after her death was was peak Twitter for me. So I, I enjoyed that for it's, my it's uh, so funny. It's like a person who would not care and would not even know how to look at a Twitter dunk fest dies and the the, the place goes mad. So it's yeah. it's a it's a it's about uh all the the colonized coming together to to kick dirt one last time. So that was fun. But uh, Sunny Jim is a dope um, artist, and I'm I'm glad you got a chance to chop it up with them. What's the name of the um of the track with with Doom and J Electronica? Bar Simpson. Bar Simpson, which I cannot believe no one has used yet. That's actually a super dope track name. Yeah, no, it really isn't. Even the the associated art with it, uh, blending the parts. Yeah, the whole campaign MF Doom with the white girl wasted, and uh, we got into this in the interview, and he actually was very thoughtful about it and kind of agreed with me. 
uh, where like this record was done way ahead of time. They yeah. waited a couple years to put it out, and I was kind of sharing my kind of thing where I was like, ah, "Is this a little hedonistic for right now?" Like, and he was like, oh, "I okay. get what you're saying. We finished this in 2018 <laughs> when it was still cool to get white girl wasted." Well, yeah. that pandemic hadn't even happened yet, and I wasn't even yeah. talking about the pandemic. I was just talking about all of the general awfulness of right now. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just, so I, I was just like, I received this album oddly, and it took me a couple weeks to come around to it. And he's like, "I get it, dude. Like, I, yeah. I understand." Did you try you doing it with Jägermeister? <laughs> I think I think it should come with. Uh, you know, it's funny. I don't drink at all, and if there was one thing I was not going to drink, that would probably be it. I had my Fernet yeah. days though, and that's kind of like grown-up Jägermeister, right? Oh, there you go. It's yeah, like if you yeah. treat Fernet like an actual digestif, like no one ever treats Jägermeister like an actual digestif. <laughs> They're just like shooting it, right? It's like it's made with all these bitter herbs and stuff to help you break up like food. It's like. Oh, that's funny. They're medicinal drinks, essentially, but no one treats Jaeger like that, and that's basically what it is. Oh, that's that's hilarious. I, I, you've opened my eyes today, um, to to why I enjoy Frenet and not Jaeger anymore. <laughs> um, so shout out to Sunny Jim for coming on the program. But as Nate mentioned at the top, this is a double header. We have one of our favorite artists that we've come to know through doing this program, and. You know, I think we, we've got a vibe. We've got a chemistry. He's been on the program before. Uh, we were talking about Luca, who has a new album called Raw Extractions that's coming out on Friday, September 16th. Uh, he was kind enough to shoot us the advance. And if you listen all the way through to the end, because like a Marvel movie, you should listen to this podcast all the way to the <laughs> end. I've been putting Easter eggs, y'all. No, this isn't an Easter egg, but um, he premieres a track uh, world premieres the track raw derves um at the with end of a, with a story that must be heard to believe yes. like that oh, yes. we just we just did the interview not to like you know surprise we do things out of order but um yeah. it, dude i was like whoa this is I, which i didn't catch i didn't I, he tells a great story necessarily catch it either and it's uh it's it's very compelling you guys need to make sure you listen to this uh i'm such a big luca fan as you will hear in the interview and uh he's just dope dude he's just such a good rapper and just I, I if there was like we have this bullhorn to shout from the mountains about what people should listen to and he's one of the people i'm really rooting for i just think he he has he has the skill set and the self-possession to be as big as it as it gets in the rap game you know the underground rap game or whatever you want to call this right. the, art, the artful side the thoughtful side of the rap game and i just i just hope people catch on and that he uh, finds as big of an audience as he wants. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, a lot of people need to, uh, a lot more people need to tap into his music. So let's get into the interview and we'll catch you guys on the other side. Dad bod rap pod. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm in tune with the beyond. You know how a big dog move. 
round table with the gods, but still connect with the cool with the beyond. This shit deeper than the money and jewels. That surface level to a dawn, nigga. I ain't I'm amused. in tune with the beyond. You ain't with us, we get you quickly removed. You fucking up the science, bruh. You ain't no beat with the groove. I'm in tune with the beyond. We built the wind, you see they dying to lose. Yeah. Dead by Rap Pod. Every week we are talking to people who are moving and shaping hip hop culture. This week is no different. Joining us in Zoom, we have Luca. What's happening, man? Peace, peace. Thank y'all for having me on. How y'all been? Uh man, living the dream here. Uh, it's not 112 degrees anymore, so <laughs> we're we're living it up. You got a little taste of the of the of the California heat wave? No, you was just out in Cali. Yeah, man. Me and Caesar V had a show out there. It was, it was, it felt like back home because when I used to live out there, it was dry heat. I couldn't sweat, but when I got out there this past weekend. I was sweating, and I was <laughs> like, "What is going on?" You know what I'm saying? So, still dope feeling. Um, just being around the people out there. They, um, I tell you this. I don't know if everybody else experiences LA like this. When I got around a lot of people, it's kind of like the fucking shit that was going on with the weather didn't even matter. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. just because people were just engaging and it's such a mixed crowd, everybody is, um, um, can be themselves. Everybody's accepted as they come, which you don't get a lot of that shit in Memphis. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So oh, it was dope being out there. Where'd you perform at? We performed at this spot called Zebulon Cafe. Okay. Um, I forgot what part of uh, Glendale. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. That's what we were. Nice. Uh, Before we get into your excellent new record, Raw Extractions, I want to kind of take the DM conversation into real life and just thank you for putting us on to the Stooky Brothers. Um, We are both huge fans of that record if i don't know how i would have heard about it if you had not recommended it so like can you tell us a little bit about them and your kind of relationship with them just like help the listeners understand who they are yeah man um i met Wiz. i'm sorry uh, he goes by dina now I, I met dina who was an exceptional fucking pain as artist i don't know if people know if y'all are li- if people listening go look at this man's artwork it's insane but anyway, I met Dana through, um, I don't know if y'all saw, I did a record with my homie Pro called Stagnant. Uh, they they knew each other somehow, some way, and they were rocking for a while. And then Dana heard When the Black Hand Touches You. Now, from what I heard from him, he called Jay, and Jay was like, bruh. I mean, we, um, Dana was like, yo, this nigga is on the same shit we on. We got to find him. You know what I'm saying? So he saw that Pro had made a post about me and all of that and sharing my shit. And he was like, bro, how can I get in touch with this guy? And um, Pro said, yo, I'm going to get this dude right now. I'm like, yo, don't be giving my numbers, man. Like, <laughs> that's what I was like. So um, anyway, fast forward, he sent me his first record and then started sending me shit that they were working on, which is the one you all like, the, um, the bread bags joint. And uh, I was just like, bro, where you niggas been at? That was my question. I was like, yo, where have y'all been? Because it's strength in numbers. That's all I, was, I automatically started thinking. And I was just like, damn, okay, these niggas are nice. You know what I'm saying? I don't care about them so-called doing the same shit that I do. They actually nice. And they're genuine cats. So when I first met them, 
you know what I'm saying? The the conversation over text was like, yo, we gonna work on some music. But in my head, I'm like, yo, in order for me to work on music with you, I gotta see how we build first, you know what I'm saying? On, on, a, on a vibe, personal vibe. And um, man, went over there, man, we built. I felt like the bond got close that night because you know what I'm saying? It was just like, we, we um, I'm a little younger than them, you know what I'm saying? So it was just like, um, they were shocked that I knew a lot of the shit that they knew. And I was shocked that they were from Memphis and knew the shit that I knew, but we knew the same shit, you know what I'm saying? So um, it was dope, man. Um, funny story, real quick, Jay Royal saw me when I was royalty, opened up for Ray Quarkin and kept it, man. You know what I'm saying? And, and Jay Royal was just an OG to me. Like his whole little style of how he sees the world, you know what I'm saying? And, and how he carries himself, I'm just like, yo, you know what I'm saying? You can tell he got a little G in him. Dina got a little G in him, too. But Dina's, uh, you know what I'm saying? Dina's G is like, yeah, I'm that nigga in this art shit. I tell him all the time, I say, but y'all some fly niggas, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, that's how we met, man. We met through a mutual friend. You know what I'm saying? I I brought Cities of Eve with me the next day because I was just like, bro, check these niggas out. Sent it to him and he was like, bro, where they been? You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, and and yeah, man. So we we all working together now. Uh, that's that's beautiful and it's interesting to hear you uh, tell that story because when I heard it, I was like, oh, there's just a bunch of cats out there doing this. Then I thought that was your, you know, that that was y'all whole movement. But y'all had ju- y'all are just meeting. So yep. are you, you have new stuff. You got stuff in the works that you guys are, are trying to put together. Yeah, so they, yeah, we have fucking conflicting schedules. Being that I'm always working on my solo shit. Season Eve always working on his, his solo shit. They're working on their group project. Me and C's are trying to do our group project. Yeah, yeah. It kind of it kind of conflicts, but we gonna make it happen. I'm gonna make sure I make it happen. But I got like, I got a couple of beats on that new project coming out. Dina produced and rapped on my joint, The Raw okay. Extractions. You know what I'm saying? Cities of Eve got a couple of uh, a beat or or two on, um, on their new project as well. So we're always working. It might not be like what I want it to be, which is a full-fledged project, all four of us. You know what I'm saying? But we always work and we tap in. We're going to make it happen. We just got to, you know what I'm saying, map these times out right. No, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. It's great to hear you got a new record coming out real soon called Raw Extractions coming out on Friday. Um, by the time you hear this, it'll almost be out already. Um, talk to us a little bit about the process of making this album. The last time you were here, you laid out a very grand vision of a multi-album project that would that would span different times of your life and, and things. Uh, talk to us about how Raw Extractions kind of fits into that that grand scheme. So, So really, Raw Extractions was going to be, um, I think I told you all, As the Birds Fly Low uh, was going to be a double project, but two. It was going to be like four discs in all. So you have As the Birds Fly Low 1, that was a double album, and As the Birds Fly Low 2, that would be a double album. So Raw Extractions is really As the Birds Fly Low 2. I just okay. reshaped it. So it still ties in with the um, the quad. Um, the, the Raw Extractions name came about is because, okay, 
All right, I had I had everybody stop looking up and realizing they're dying. I asked myself, yo, what's the first thing you want to do when you find out you have the power of God? I was like, oh, I want I would want to fly. I want to, you know what I'm saying? I want to see what's going on up there, you know what I'm saying, beyond that, so I can see how it relates to what's going on down here. And um, so um, raw extractions is just the level up from finding out that you were God. So now, all right, yo, we are God, let's soar. Let's start changing shit for the better. You know what I'm saying? We didn't release these demons on while looked up God in the mirror. You realize that you're able to create and destroy. You have the same powers as the as the overall being, you know what I mean? So, all right, so let's fly. Let's let's, let's fly through art. So that's it's 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 in the same, it's still the quad. That's actually number four. I'm just doing everything fucking out of order. <laughs> <laughs> Um, got a chance to run through the album today. I am really, really feeling it. I think this is an excellent record. And one thing, it's not even really a question I just had to say to you while we're here is like, I love how it starts. And then people will hear when they hear it, how it concludes. I love when mm -hmm. records do that. I think it's very thoughtful, very smart way to do it. But the main thing, and I'll turn this into a question now is like, you hit them with some soul right away like the first sounds that you hear are just like evoking this of what i'm assuming is like kind of an older smoked out like kind of you know memphis is such a soul city it's just bringing that to the forefront it's the first thing you hear and then it starts to kind of become about hip-hop and your voice and things like that so if you could just talk a little bit about how you built the album around those i know everybody is used to me having some type of soul and to me uh Soul is very important when I make projects because I think, I mean, when I hear soul, I think of the actual soul. Um, if you're playing soul or creating soul, it has to speak to the actual soul. So I wanted people to hear that 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 sound bite on it, that person. You know, say I tell I don't care they can know what it is. Um, I wanted them to hear the KRS One um, sound bite over that soul, so you can be so you can be drawn into the actual sound. And and I'm and it hits people off guard every time when that next track comes on. You know what I'm saying? So I I wanted it to hit people off guard, and I also wanted to like enrich people's souls when they hear it, man. Because what I I mean I I bullshit you not. I can show you all the text messages. I just um reached out to Hilo not too long ago and told him I said, "Well, you a genius, man." And he was like, <laughs> "Why?" I said, "Cause he produced that beat." And he had a we had another beat prior to that and and another sound bite, but then I found those KRS one sound bites and he was like, yo, he was like, um, what about this beat? And I was like, Yeah, 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 let's do it. And then he put his little sound effects on it where it starts off loud, and KRS one starts like talking, then it goes underneath. It just all felt so good, you know what I'm saying? So shout out to him but making it feel the way I wanted it to feel. You know what I'm saying? And the ending is just like, all right, cool, it's the credits. So, like, I wanted, I want everything to be a circle. And then there's another part of the ending, which brings us to the As the Birds Fly Low, which will actually be the album you're supposed to play after Raw Extractions and before When the Black Hand Touches You. Mm, man. Yeah. Man, the math on this is is wild. Thanks for for breaking that down. Um, when I listened to the Raw Extractions record, I was struck by, um, it seems like you're being very intentional about almost trying to teach 
which makes it interesting that you would use KRS um, at the top as like the teacher. But um, can you talk about some of like the themes and, and messages that you're you're pushing through this album? Yeah, so again, it circles back to um, achieving flight through art. Um, I was doing a lot of research on uh, like black myths and things of that nature. And uh, I'm big on ancestry um, and history and learning about our people. I, I came across this myth where um, I, I was listening to YouTube documentaries and things of that nature. And they were saying like there were myths being told of black people um, that were um, in bondage. They would fly back to Africa through death or um, like when they would try to escape or if you never saw them again, they actually saw them and they actually looked like crows with black wings. So um, after I after I found out what um, what was going to be next after when the black, uh, after a while looked up guys in the mirror, when you're trying to get to be a god, I had already known that right, I want to achieve flight. So then I was like, okay, how are we going to achieve flight through art? Oh, we're going to have to take this shit back to the rarest, rawest form of this. You know what I'm saying? Which is this, the, the DJ scratching. You know what I mean? I, 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 I mean, you can't, I would like the people to like when they read the lyrics or when they hear the lyrics, they can see me spraying graffiti on the walls, the lyrics. You know what I'm saying? I talked about, I have a song on there called Black Hill Jones. That's, um, 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 what's my guy's name? Jesus Christ. I'm Jim Kelly. Into the Dragon, yep. that's where people may know yep. it from. But Into yep. the Dragon, that has something to do with martial arts. And and I, I'm so big on hip hop. I be watching these old ass cats from New York, man, that were like, they say they were there getting them. And they, they, somebody was like, yo, before there was Wu Tang, there was this cat named Black Dragon in New York who taught all the brothers Kung Fu and, and shit like that. And, and, and Kung Fu was a part of um, hip hop. Mm -hmm. So, you know what I'm saying? So, that's why I named that song Black Belt Jones, and there's a couple of little martial arts sounds and things of that nature. Um, and just straight up MC and actually being in, being intentional with what I'm trying to, you know what I'm saying, get across, with, which is our raw stands for righteous and wicked. So it's like, yo, we're going to extract the righteous and the wicked, and we're going to see, all right, yo, we're, we know we're this. We're right here at this moment. We're everything everybody thinks of us because that's what we choose to fucking display. But we also are this, which is higher than all that negativity shit. It's a positive, you know what I'm saying, outlook on what people really are and what we can accomplish as a people and together. And mm -hmm. I was just like, yo, let's extract this shit and see which one the people are going to choose. And I felt like it was my job to make the yeah, I'm 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 a raw cat. I'm 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 righteous, but I'm wicked as well. But it was my job on this project to show a little bit of the wickedness to the point where it keeps people involved, and I don't sound too preachy, but I also and sound too teachy as well. But I also wanted to like it was my job to shed light on the righteousness, which is yo. I've had all these words ready to be used for a while. I just never mm -hmm. used them yet. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, um, yeah. I, I I make rhyme element word charts. Like when I learn a new word, I put it I put it at the top and I start writing down other words that rhyme with that mm. word. You know what I'm saying? So, okay. um, things that that's how I do that shit sometimes. And um, 
I just wanted people to be able to like when they hear it, they have to think about what the hell I'm saying. Right. That but is intentional. To to that point, and I, I love hearing about the the obviously very thought out processes behind everything, but I do think the record is enjoyable on um aesthetic surface level as well. Like whether or not you know what it's about, like these are like some hard, dark minimal beats and some like ferocious rhyming like you are going off on this thing and like i think it's imp- it's like not everyone's gonna care what the theme is they just wanted their mind to be blown you know what i mean so i think Man, it's, it's and i was gonna get to that too because like um i like to make all my projects like that every i mean it's my shit so it means something to me you know what i'm saying like how i think it out how i plot it out how i write it out but I also make it enjoyable purposely because, I mean, shit, I'm having fun making this for people. You yeah, know what right. I'm saying? So a person don't have to, like, really dive deep into the actual meaning. Just know the meaning is there. It might not hit you now. Totally. It might hit you five years later. You know what I'm saying? Um, you, you know what I think is funny is um, we – I don't use this term like a lot of a lot of people will be like when they see something they like they'll be like that's hard you know what I mean Mm -hmm. that's a very common thing in hip-hop parlance right but I don't talk like that when I was listening to this record today I was like damn this is hard like there (laughs) there is some like hard as nails especially beats on here where you're just hitting a sweet spot where it can it's it's modern but it can be appreciated by people from older eras and mm-hmm. it's i i hate to use this comparison and i think it's a little overused but i'm going to have to do it like you're hitting the same sweet spot that Griselda hits where it allows people who stopped listening to hip hop at a certain time in their lives to catch back up and jump mm-hmm. back in like they didn't miss anything and i just i think that's really important and yeah. i know why you know when this is officially out i have some people i'm going to send it to and be like hey dude you you say there's no good hip hop out anymore like try this because this is like hitting right in that sweet spot of like classic sounding but also modern you know what i mean again not a question i just really like the record but i think that's important to you know give us things to um to hang our hat on as 90s cats you know what i mean yeah thanks i mean it's the same thing citizen v tells me about my stuff he's just like he was like man your shit walks the line of like it's some it's some new shit because it could be related to what's going on right now, but it's also some classic shit, like you said, that can that people who stop or who don't think it's alive or whatever, <laughs> they can listen to it. They can listen to it and feel some sorts of release. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Things of that nature. And I make my records like that. And a lot of that is goes to Hollow too because of how he makes it sound. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, Hollow is. Yo, he he's the he's one of the architects about uh, I mean around the Luca brand and why it sounds the way it sounds mm-hmm. and like because of, because of who he mixes the money bag yo's and the things that they mix mm-hmm. he knows how it's supposed to sound now but he also knows what kind of guy I am and the shit that I love yeah he's just so perfect at blending them both. I call, man, y'all gotta see him, man. Like when he on that <laughs> shit, when he on that shit, he'll just be zoned in his damn hands. I be calling him Inspector Gadget. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he, just, he just be he be zoning in. So shout out to him for for for, for inventing this sound for me. 
So, yeah, yeah, and it, and it's 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 a potent sound. Uh, it has idea and message behind it. I'm wondering, since the last time we spoke, kind of what your career trajectory has been like. Um, obviously, you're you're doing some touring. I think the last time we talked, it was like heavy heavy COVID times. Um, but you got a new album coming out. Uh, how are you feeling about your your trajectory and getting this this music heard to more and more people? Um. Somehow, some way, it's getting to the people it needs to get to because I've been talking to certain people of certain caliber, certain certain higher caliber people where, you know what I mean, they're paying attention and, like, reaching out and things of that nature. So it's it's doing what it's supposed to do. Um, the numbers people see don't always tell the story. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, so um, my trajectory, I feel like it's, 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 it's steady moving. Is it moving fast? No, but that's that's on me too because I like to move slow mm. because I don't want to jump into something um, and not be able to get up get out of it. I don't want to put out something that I. It's just like with my music. I I don't want to put out something that I'm gonna have to be like, damn it, else a scar in my catalog. But yeah. I don't want to do. I don't that I move slow purposely. So it could. I think a lot of that is my own doing as far as the trajectory moving slow, but it's most definitely moving up. That's dope, man. Um, wanted to make sure we made a little space um, to talk about your short film that you released today. It's called Why Look Up, God's in the Mirror, which will be a familiar title um, to mm -hmm. your fans out there. Um, why don't, can you, uh, apologies, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but want to make sure to spend some time with it later after we're done talking. Like, please tell us what this is all about. Yeah, man. Um, my friend slash brother slash director, um, um, I think it was 2019, he was working on so many videos and had so much going on, COVID and all of that. He had um, created this fucking storyline and he's crazy as he <laughs> And we really, we really made this shit come true. That's the crazy shit. But anyway, um, <laughs> he had these crazy ideas for for, for both songs, uh, which is the siege and the conflict, two of the darkest song, the uh, two of the most dark songs on the album, the darkest songs on the album. Um, and he just wanted to bring it to life. I mean, we're big fans of like Scorsese, Spike Lee, and Quentin Tarantino, and and we wanted to like use some of those influences um, and some of that inspiration, and just bring why look. Well, guys in the mirror to the actual big screen as a movie. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like we were trying to make a video, you know what I'm saying, like a normal video. We were actually trying to make a short film that just features my music. I tell them all the time, I'm like, really, you the star here because my music is scoring your shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So, um, yeah, man, and it's, it's, um, it's about betrayal. Um, I mentioned Scorsese, so you know it has to be some gangster influence <laughs> in it. I say Quentin Tarantino, so you know there's some violence and crazy shit into it. Picture, um, I um, I mentioned Spike Lee, so you know there's gonna be some times in that in the video where some powerful moments. You know what I'm saying? So um, we were just trying to bring that to life. We're just trying to bring the album to life and just have people go back and revisit the album. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. No, that's dope, man, because I, I feel like a lot of times rappers um, are constantly looking at the next thing and never mm -hmm. and never kind of double back. So hopefully uh, people can check out the short film. I want to I want to peep that as well. 
Um, but uh, yeah, you got this new record, Raw Extractions, and you were kind enough to agree to world premiere a track here on Dad Bot Rap Pod. I was going to say, Nate, you should put in a sound, but I guess I produced the show now, so I'll put in a sound. I'm going to drop a sound right here. Uh, but yeah, you, you were kind enough to uh, premiere a track here on Dad Bod Rap Pod from the new album, Raw Extractions. I love it because um, it's a good song title, and I think that's an underrated part of making albums and something that you really, really excel at. So um, tell us about this track we're about to hear, Raw Durves. Yeah, man. Um, it's literally um, displaying me at my best. Um, but really, um, I found out some shit about my my uh, family that I, I was told when I was younger. Mm. And um, my great, great, I think four times great-grandfather, his um, plantation is in our Pink Palace Museum here. Mm. And um, you know what I'm saying? And and um I also heard stories about my great grandmother's father, um, who was the 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 son of the, the slave um owner. And um fast forward when he when he became older, they told him if he tried to come back and claim his land or claim any other land because he he's mm. he's part of the bloodline. Uh, they would, you know what I'm saying, kill him, hang him, things of that nature. So I, um, I really had a, a bone to pick on raw dirt because I was alive. I was like, um, some land was stolen from me, from me and mine, and I was soon reclaimed. I stand under the trees where the twisted mouth bulge and eyes hang, and by the waters where they were saying to pray for the freedom change. You know what I'm saying? So mm. it's, it's it's really like um, jabbing at the. Uh, the oppressors or the, the the past history, even the shit that's still going on today, even though wow. it's not, yeah, you know what I'm saying. So um, that that's what Raw Durs is about. It's about still. I'm always gonna attack what I what I attack is generational trauma, racism, anything that's going on in the world that's stopping us from progressing. I'm gonna attack it. So uh, that's what Raw Durs is about, and it's also personal to me. Um, and when people hear it, they'll hear when it becomes more personal to me. So. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you for setting that up. So let's get into it from the album Raw Extractions out this Friday. Raw Durbs. Durations, I cast them after dark. Aristocratic art, I convey the raw was on display. The shit you can't portray, let me state. Real niggas won't decay. It's greater powers in this array. See how I lead the way. Ain't shit about the guard cliche. Keep thinking shit's so obey. I might have passed on, but you can find me your rare DOS arrays. I lost protege, forced immigrate, causing much melee. I weigh lay y'all that is prey and aiming at berets. Laugh as the brain pure rays. The battle's underway. I outweigh those.
holes in place that keeps us blacks astray. The areas of gray, still I stand in the middle of the fray. Spit powerful sounds with the impact of a 12 gauge. Whenever enraged, find peace in tree and then burning sage. If it wasn't for my seeds, I'd probably be on the rampage. Past histories and pains, music's highest wage. Mars bred a renegade, setting fires to masquerades. Explode through barricades with grenades, attack with a fusillade. I meant war with all brigades, it's a must I pervade. Through the system's hate, but remain grounded like palisades. Thy enemies tucked in the glades, I warned them I was made. I derogate from all of the fake and move with legitimates. I've been betrayed, scarred and blazed, and I ain't cry for aid. Don't mourn over my ashes a grave, hit the streets in parade. Celebrate the brave through airwaves, yeah, I freed the enslaved. These hymns that I relay were passed down from prisoners, not slaves. My people didn't submit, they fall back, and many of them were slain. Others taken away for those ropes and chains, the war waged. Don't think this shit is vain, every flesh on their backs was not in vain. Some land was stolen from me and mine, and I will soon reclaim. And stand under the trees where the twisted mouth bulging eyes hang. And by the waters where they were singing, pray for the freedom change. See further past the money and fame, need ways to sustain. Beholding on the plenty of shame when pride we should retain. The truth was written in ancestral blood, now traveling through my veins. Once the brains no longer contain, our strength we will regain. I've never been afraid of the rain, I thrive when it pours. Any power removed from the culture, through me we shall restore. You ever seen a thug nigga soar, ascending evermore? I see the people drowning in aquas, I help them come to shore. And furthermore, the fallen will rise and start the dissemination. Ejecting science into the stream, improving the circulation. Starvation, we will reverse along with the dehydration. Healing inflammation with raw skills, this medication. Raw derbs, nigga. James Brown had a song, Brother Rap. Jesse Jackson raps. Farrakhan raps. Preachers rap in the pulpit with call and response. It's a part of our African uh, oral tradition. Rap is John Coltrane. Even though there are no words, uh, he's rapping with his horn. Uh, we're, we're fortunate to have, have you on the program. Uh, you going on tour? You touring the record? We're playing in that right now. Um, I'm trying to get this... Alabama show booked. Uh, we already got Louisville I'm looking looking to go back up to New York. We're we're putting everything in motion. Um, I gotta come where you all are because y'all were six hours away from me. Right? I know. Yeah. Yeah. Was, the uh, Bay. Yeah. The Bay is weird. Uh, ever all of our favorite rappers either skip here or come here on a weird. Like weeknight when we can't yeah, go, but, yeah. But uh, um, but if you, if you do, do San Francisco, Oakland, or Santa Cruz, I will come. We will. <laughs> right, we'll, cool. we'll use the show's right. uh, platform to try to get some people out there. I I know it's probably like a new market for you. Um, mm. I, and I'm not guaranteeing we can bring a ton of people, but if you want some 40 year old white dudes with glasses, I can I can make, I can bring a few. <laughs> we call that Nate Nation. Come, come, come uh, enjoy some raw rap, man. Yeah, hell yeah. Um. Luca, thank you so much for chopping it up with us today. Raw Extractions is a ferocious record. It is so good. You're rapping so hard. I can't believe we didn't even talk about the nine-minute posse cut. I know. That is the the crowning uh, energy moment of the record. Just real quick, like, nine minutes, dude? Yeah, man. When I got to get it off, I got to get it off. (laughs) I don't – Man, I hate telling a person, yeah, man, you only got 12, 16 bars because he might he might not get everything he wants out. Yeah, yeah. 12 or 16 bars. So I just, yep. 
I, I'll just tell, yo, right TV finish. You know what I mean? Okay, okay, okay. Like, okay. If it was 20 minutes, I was going to put it on there. Just because it's some Memphis cats and people never seen Memphis spit like what yeah. they going to hear at the end of the Okay. And, yeah. You know, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Uh, everybody's from Memphis on there. Okay. And um, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. I cannot wait for people to hear this record and just see how yeah. how it kind of uh, makes its way through the, I guess you used to call it the blogosphere, the potosphere, you know, like yeah. the critics. Um, but yeah. I, I said this last time you were on. I'll say it again. I'll say it online. You should be much bigger. You're so talented. I love your Thank approach. You, um, you, you're, you're killing it with the art. We just got to get more it. people to hear it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Appreciate you, Ryan. Yeah. For the G550 kitted. Uh, I'm only in it for the G550 kitted. Travel the road to success without switching pivots. 200k copped a couple gadgets, a few gadgets. Let go a couple grudges, buried a few hatchets. Cracked open the roller quarters on a few ratchets. Match the tan bucket, I don't want the heroes clashing. Never sold product, but my shit's still rocking. I'm a product the peak rocking them the narcotic is the way you feel when the speaker knocking. I make a beat with a couple spoons over sneaker boxes. El Capitan. All right, that was our conversation with Luca. Uh, love that dude, so thoughtful. Um, could really give a master's class in how you as an artist should show up on a podcast. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, having totally. thought about – I mean, I know he doesn't do it for this reason. He's just that guy, it, it appears. But um, having uh, the context and the thought process – articulated so well as an interviewer you know that's really that's, helps us out yeah absolutely it's what, what um you... i was i was talking about this a little bit in some of our promo around the young morpheus uh interview from last week i actually thought he was excellent at talking about craft and intention yeah. as yeah. well and so we're just on a little run here of i just I, I, these guys are just so good at rapping like it's just we talked about this in the intro like i don't see how you could listen to what's going on right now and not think that rap has gotten better over time like They've they've taken in all the classics, all the underground shit, yeah. all the mainstream shit. Yeah. They've seen what works and what doesn't, and they apply it in this way that makes this really interesting music. And I suppose it helps if you smoke. Like I, that's that's what I thought your joke you was going to so? be. That when he when he came on, like that's how you should come on a podcast. And I was like, oh, with like a foot long joint. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you should. I for one, uh, yeah. no. Shout out to anybody. I I think about this all the time. I could never do this while I was high. Like, I just, I really couldn't. This would be the right. worst I mean, I've podcast. I've gotten high ever. for a lot of things in my life, and I don't get high for the, for doing our podcast. We, You could tell, I can tell the ones where I am, and I, it has happened, like, especially on those oh, Mondays yeah? where we have a day off. Yeah, like, where you just sit there for, like, point, 20 minutes staring. I've, I've like, <laughs> you know, done something that day. But anyway, um, Luca is great. The album is really awesome. I can't wait for everyone to hear it. I wish there was, like, more that we could do like to yeah. make people listen to Luke. well like, <laughs> well look uh i feel like he is he does have a, a trajectory and what's exciting about it is um i when i first heard him i'm like okay there's a lane right like he's in the griselda ransom like that lane of, of boom bap inflected um street rap what i love about this new record and he was he's good at that uh, what I love about this new record is he's like um, he's injecting ideas, messages, 
black mythology, black history, tackling trauma. Like um, he's a real artist. I just think there there is a lane for him to be heard more readily. And it's just to keep talking about the things that people love to hear talked about, right? Like yeah. guns and drugs and girls. And like, I'm sure he's going to do more of that, but the two, you know, he talked about it a little bit to kind of stop what he was doing to come and make this record, which is so deep um, and, and really stand on it and be like, this is, this is my artistic statement. This is what I'm doing. Um, it's really admirable. And I'd like to think we live in a world. I know this isn't true, but I like to think we live in a world where, the really good art is going to be seen and heard eventually. Yeah, no, I I mean, I could not be an underground rap fan without believing that. Like, what, what do right. they say? Like, uh, the arc of the universe bends toward truth. Yeah. It's like, uh, there's, I, I'm not, I'm going to mess up the thing, but it's like the the ears of the listeners bend towards <laughs> bars or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the best writing, the best storytelling, the best production will eventually rise to the top. It might take a long time to sort out who was who. Like, yeah. you know, you have to, I always use this example and I think you have to think about this, like um, ultra magnetic MCs were not as, um, uh, what's the right word even? Revered. Celebrated, revered as much as uh, BDP for yep. most of their life. Those are contemporaneous yep. groups, right? They both yep. started in the mid eighties and by the late eighties, they got as big as they were ever going to get. KRS-One becomes a superstar. Cool Keith becomes Cool Keith. Yeah. Who, who talks about what now? Yeah, yeah. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like yeah. you can, you, there's a whole thing to be had about KRS. We've talked about it on the show. We talked about it a little bit with Luca, and um, he samples KRS interestingly on this record. You and I were talking before he popped on. We're like, interesting move. Like, yeah, you don't you don't see that much these days. He's not. He's kind of he's been written out of the. Uh, he's not as influential as you would think for someone who was such a giant figure. There's definitely a revered there, lyricist. Yeah, yeah. The style time. of weird approach and meter and things that ultra mags did have become normal in the yeah. current underground and they're yep. they're listed as an influence on things in a way that Karis is not so anyway they're yep. both dope i love both um but and, I and, think... and that that's kind of it right it's kind of like maybe what luke is doing is not going to be um as celebrated as it should until much later, which is also for the artist kind of sad. So yeah, that sucks, yeah. dude. It's like, yeah. are you supposed to feed your family on future accolades by nerds? Like that's just not exactly. a thing. So yeah, what is a uh, Corley Chris? Uh, don't give me your flowers. I can't eat your flowers. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so uh, go out and cop the record, dude. It's amazing. I've been talking about this so much. I think I just talked about it again with Sunny Jim or someone else I talked to recently. Like the death fame concept is like so brilliant. And like, yeah. to me, that's why it's still in the pole position for album of the year is like the concept that he's talking about of like mm -hmm. giving, giving people their accolades while they're alive and while they deserve them and while they like need them to live, which is like the, not mm -hmm. the part we talk about usually when mm -hmm. we talk about rap as a job is just so prevalent. And I have, it's basically worked its way into several real life conversations. I've had a ton of when I'm talking about other artists and, just like just uh, I, that really needs to be said and more to the point it needs to be done yeah no absolutely and i feel like um Kuala chris does a great job of encapsulating the plight if you will um of the underground the under heralded genius and we're hoping the, the, the critically acclaimed you know what i mean it's like that's all yeah. we can offer is critical acclaim essentially it's like yeah. and, and like we're very passionate about what we're into but I don't, I don't I just don't know how much it helps people. And I talked to Mike Eagle about this on our his secret skin episode where we each 
uh, interviewed him about one of his solo albums. You guys check that out. If yeah, you please check out all, all three of us. Secret yeah. Skin is available everywhere podcasts are heard via Stony Island. Um, but he's he's like, no, critical acclaim matters. Like, that's how we get to the normal people is they look to, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. About what is good. And that, that whole thing of acting like a filter or a... Um, uh, a funnel or whatever yeah. like taking all the stuff listening to it and narrowing it down to 25 things or whatever a year we does matter the, in the aggregate it's just hard to see from this side of the fence uh we are the hip-hop colander we will continue <laughs> to uh <laughs> to sift out the dope and a whack we are pulling up on uh the end of the year which every time you mention it i get a i get a weird feeling in the pit of my stomach it, since since you broached it i'm gonna tell you we talked about this on the way to high road day and I kind of agreed, but then I was like, you know what? Top five, uh, the elephant man. What is it? The elephant man's bones. Elephant man's bones. Uh, I'm. It's it slid in there for me. Uh, wow. Obs- obsessed with this record. I've I've had my criticisms of of rock, but um, I think this is an amazing record. One of my favorite of his, and it's definitely it's nudging. It's gonna be a tough decision. Um, but you know, quibble jam. 2023 do we name them what is it Quibble- i don't know by years or by numbers i don't know yeah yeah we will, actually- we will definitely do a year in review episode which we call quibble jam and we just decided we're gonna stop it at a certain point probably in november and then we will take december releases in the q1 into into the q1 of the, the q1 of the, of the next year, year. and yep. we encourage all the other hip-hop writers to do the same because otherwise you lose last year we lost makami balans cho yeah. And a, another couple of great records that, I mean, it's their choice to... Actually, I think it was Rap Ferreira, right? Like Light Emitting Diamond. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was very late. Before that. Yep. Um, one came out right after our cutoff. And I'm like, why are we doing arbitrary cutoffs? It doesn't even matter. But anyway, um, that's, you know, weird show scheduling stuff you guys don't care about. But listen to Luca. Uh, Raw Extractions will be out tomorrow if you're listening on release day. It's already out if you're listening at literally any other time. So dope of him to premiere a track with us. Yeah. It's such a good song. He just, he raps so hard and that's what, it's like really hard to quantify that. Back to our baseball <laughs> discussion. It's like he's yeah. a slugger. It's like he's rapping yeah. hard on these things and he's I, not he, wasting any time. Yeah, he, he he gets into it and to hear him talk about how he uh, plays with, with words and when he learns new words, um, it's, it's, a, it's an album that has vocabulary but not in a cheesy way you know what right, I mean? like he, right. he definitely works it's not things. super scientific in any way no, like you would no. never hear this and think that it's all the raps have purpose and meaning but they're dope dude it's just such a good record yeah so you guys definitely uh go pick that up we didn't ask him about vinyl but i can't I can't believe that there's not vinyl coming. So keep yeah, he must keep he an did eye them out. for the other records. I would hope he's doing them for these. I I don't own anything. Um, I like missed the two 2018 records, and like now they're super expensive. See, you're part of the problem, Nate. Yeah, it was actually funny when him and uh, Cities played in L.A. He had like the Venmo thing that he posted on stories, and I'm like, I have Venmo. <laughs> yeah can you get to a post office uh i need to work something out yeah maybe we'll hit them offline but uh yeah just you know what you've come to expect here on the dad bod rap pod um we got some very dope interesting shows coming up in the future weeks we just keep chugging along like no matter what the configuration it is like baseball because they do split squads it's (laughs) spring training it might just be nate you never know next week or it might just be me. You have you have no idea 
but uh, it's always going to be dope. It's always going to be DBRP. If you like the podcast, please like, rate, and subscribe on your platform of choice. It actually does mean a lot. Yeah, we write, are us, lo- write us a little note. Write, uh, yeah. write Tim Cook a little note about how you're feeling about the show on Apple Podcasts. Write, uh, write Daniel Eck a little note about how you're <laughs> feeling about the show on Spotify. Please. Write, uh, I don't remember the Microsoft names guy so someone tell me that in the comments uh right bill gates and tell him to is, fuck is off it sundar pichai oh that was you know no, no, all right no. right steve Ballmer. we'll just go back in time i remember yeah. his name tell him uh, the clippers <laughs> suck and also fuck with dad bob rap pot that's what we need you to do so so please that that means a lot to the show um helps turn other people on to the show if you love the program we really need you to check out our patreon account it's dad bob patreon.com slash dadbotrappod, a robust discussion amongst the uh, inner core, the inner sanctum of nerddom. It's almost like a a hip-hop think tank. (laughs) Issues that nobody knew were issues are tackled and dissected uh, with passion and gusto. Nate is the editor-in-chief, and it's, it's, it's just super dope. I love the conversations that are happening. We have goodies like Nate's radio show, Fly Sporadic, I throw playlists up there from time to time. We're gonna gems, get some gems Dave, for the win. Dave's writing on there, so you know there's there's a lot to love, um, and it's just a lot more uh, content. And you really help support the program uh, and keep us healthy, happy, whole, insane, uh, pushing towards five years of uh, so weird to think about. Pulling up on on year five, uh, there were actual whole ass regimes that didn't last this long. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like Trump was a one-term president. We oh in here. Oh my god! Um, I thought about this the other day uh, because I was in my old neighborhood um, where I spent the pandemic, like mm. circling the blocks, yelling into the phone for you know a year. Um, and I was thinking about all the people who called and asked for advice on how to start a podcast during the pandemic. Like mm. that was a common thing. I want to say I, I didn't know less than five of those. Yeah. things where people would dm and i'd be like yeah actually I'll, I'll talk to you about it and i i actually don't know if any of them started podcasts or if i talked them out of it the number one rule of starting a podcast don't um <laughs> no i i feel like uh you were very generous especially in that era of of, of helping people that want to have the platform and I, I i want people to try it just so they could understand how not easy this shit it's is a little sometimes. harder than it seems yeah but we we've, we've stuck with it we're pulling up on five years 250 episodes uh we'll have a, a huge jamboree at the end of the year which we call scribble jam shout out daedalus for Quibble. throwing us that type did i say scribble we're yeah. gonna do scribble jam actually me and nate are gonna wrap that <laughs> That's, that is the marquee I'm matchup lose badly that is the juice versus eminem of uh <laughs> quibble jam where we're gonna argue about what the the best records of the year are that's gonna be fucking bonkers we'll talk offline nate i think we need to like add a pay-per-view aspect to this <laughs> it's getting kind of crazy this they, year they do they do have patreon live streams that's all i'm gonna say okay okay um it's like the only fans of, of hip-hop uh, <laughs> so we we hope that you keep rocking with us we're gonna keep doing it it's the dad bod rap pod yeah
What's good, DBRP listeners? It's your boy, Jim One, here to tell you about a dope festival coming up on Saturday, October 1st in Ontario, California. It is called the Happiness of Pursuit Festival. Headlining this year's festival is Reason. The Far Side will be there, Sci High, Sugar Free, Ninth Wonder, Locksmith, Open Mic Eagle, and many, many more. The festival features three stages of live music, a graffiti section, vendor village, and much, much more. And by much, much more, what they mean is the dad bod rap pod will be in the building. So, uh, you know, we'll be there doing interviews. You should be there, too. Get your tickets now at Eventbrite or at thopfest.net. That's thopfest.net. And make sure to follow the festival at THOP Fest for updates and more information. We'll see y'all in SoCal.